You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Happy Thursday, Bill Ryder with you. College football, I guess it's already here. We had week zero, but the real deal, the full buffet, begins this weekend. And to make sense of it, to talk storylines, to get into all things college football, is our good friend, Houston Nutt, longtime former college football coach, stops in the SEC, all-around great guy. Houston, good morning, man. What's uh, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Life is wonderful. We were talking uh, yesterday or the day before, Coach, about, about Nick Saban, and I don't know if you saw this. I love, I love Coach Saban. He basically came out, Coach, and he said, I don't believe in depth charts. They're bad. I'm not going to tell you who's on the depth. There is no depth chart. Everybody's a football player. You'll figure it out when the game gets going this weekend. So we don't really know who the quarterback's going to be. Is there anything to this, or is this just Nick Saban having fun with with those of us in the media? I think he's having fun for sure. But uh, there, here's here's what here's here's why coaches don't like depth charts. It's that freshman. It's that red shirt freshman. It's seeing in black and white where I'm not the starter. I'm second team, and it's a downer for a lot of those young men, you know, that especially, let's say, if you were highly, highly recruited, and now you got to play Dr. Phil a little bit. Well, well, he is so down. Now i got to go have a conference with him because his name wasn't on the depth. He's not a starter. He's not even in the two deep or he's second team. So you have that scenario. And then the other scenario is I really don't want to tell you all who my starting quarterback is yet. I don't want you all to zero in it. So I'm going to keep everything I can away from y'all to give Alabama, give us the the most advantage that we can get by just keeping y'all in the dark. Coach, it's not like Alabama is ranked 23rd in the preseason polls. They're they're at four, but it is. And this is just it's a testament what I'm about to say to, to Nick Saban and the and the program that he's been he's been leading for for well more than a decade. This is the lowest they've been in, in a really in a really long time. So it's not as if we don't know and people don't know how good they are. But is there any scenario where you don't see Alabama in the mix at the end of the year competing for these these final spots to try and try and compete for a championship? You know, I don't. I I know it's different because we we're not uh, we don't have the Tua Tonga Valoa or Bryce Young, Mac Jones. You don't know that for sure yet. So you're missing the point guard. You're missing the quarterback. So that could be the only reason we think, well, you don't have a, a quarterback that can that can distribute and can get you out of the wrong play, that can escape a problem. But we don't know that yet. We just don't know that yet. But when you look at everything else, I just got to believe Alabama's going to be there. They'll be there at the end. Uh, we all know how, how great Coach Saban is, how he prepares his team. And – you can bet, you know, them being rated number four, hey, that's that just a little bit more motivation. This is lower, as you said, it's the lowest they've been in a while, and so they want to get back on top. And uh, you can bet they'll they'll come out uh, full full speed ahead. It's just going to be interesting to see who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be the guy that's going to going to lead this team. Uh, talking to Houston Nutt here on CBS Sports Radio, Coach Jim Harbaugh is going to miss the first three games of the season after this Michigan self-imposed suspension. He and the NCAA haven't agreed to um, the suspension that was almost in place. They didn't formalize it. So there's some drama going on there. To what degree, and obviously at the start of seasons, 
schedules aren't always as difficult and Michigan's is not overwhelming the first few weeks. To what degree can it be a significant risk if you're a team like Michigan, the number two team in the country, that you can drop a game or, or not when your coach is, is not actually physically on the sideline? Yeah. You know, this is um, this this is a little different. You know, we're, your head coach is not there. Now, you think that they'll be on automatic pilot. The, the assistant's got to do a great job. But there is something, too, when, when your leader is not there. And it, I'll be curious to see how everybody responds. Now, they should be okay. Your, your senior, your leadership, the offensive line that you had for Michigan, you know, they should be just fine. But uh, whenever, whenever, when any time that something's different, you know, we're always creatures of habit, and especially when your leader is not there. Uh, you know, this, is, this, this ball doesn't bounce up and down. I have two brothers that are basketball coaches. I always remind them, your ball bounces straight up and down. But football bounces much, much different. It can go anywhere. And so that's the thing. Well, you just don't ever know. And so you, you think that take care of business, uh, especially the first three weeks, three, three games, is that's a, that's a long time, you know, without their head coach being on the sideline. So that means somebody else has got to make the decision on fourth down. Uh, are we going? Are we punting? All those decisions are become real, real big and very enlarged now. Uh, when the next guy, when the assistant head coach is now having to make that decision, so it'll be it'll be interesting. Coach, the SEC and, and the Big Ten are obviously the dominant players in, in realignment and the future of college sports. They've also got two of the top four teams in the country in, in Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, a- Alabama. If one of those teams do not make the college football playoff, which is I think a reasonable presumption. Where would you look outside of those four? And would you look at even outside of those conferences? Do, do you think a USC could could sneak in there? Is there somebody else that you think has a reasonable chance in this format to be doing what we expect Georgia and those other programs to be doing at the end of the year, which is fighting for, for the actual final prize? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I always go back and look at the quarterbacks that are returning. You know, you got to look. You mentioned USC, Caleb Williams. you got you got to have them on the radar you got to think that he's going to be able to score points and lead his team and make things happen. We've seen him execute uh, under pressure. We know that he can do it. I, I would keep my eye also on another quarterback that's coming back, Phoenix of Washington. Keep your eye on him. I, I, I love quarterbacks that that when it's third and eight, they don't flinch, and they're accurate, and when it's under pressure, basically tells his team, without saying it, follow me. I'm, I'm going to get you there. And so, to me, that's what I look for. And when you got quarterbacks like these two guys, uh, I tend to lean, lean that way. Um, Clemson, you know, I'm hearing a lot about Clemson, too. I may see what Dabo's done a good job recruiting, and I always like the way that they play. So, you always want to see what happens there as well. And, and uh, he's feeling pretty good about his team, just listening from the outside looking in. So, I got my popcorn and Coke. I'm ready. I'm ready to start watching Coach, I know that, that nothing is constant but change. I mean, it's not that long ago that, that I, did, I didn't even know what an Uber was, and, and, and now it defines how you get around. Just go down just go down the list. So things don't stay the same. Traditions shift. Money, it, it, it impacts things. How do you feel as someone ensconced in this business who, who coached for a long time, looking at the Pac-12, who are the Pac-12 for now, but they're the Pac-4 
you know, in, 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 in sort of a long-term planning reality. And outside of the SEC and the Big Ten, it's hard to feel comfortable if you're some of these conferences and several of these programs. Is this just the inevitable reality, or do you, as someone from college football, feel like something important is being lost? Yeah, I, I'm a little bit of traditionalist right there. I, I feel like something's being lost. I, I hate to see that. I really do. You know, let's go back. You know, I think I was on your show when we first, uh, I think it's about two or three days when they made the announcement that Texas and Oklahoma was going to the SEC. And I really thought that was like an April Fool's joke. I didn't think that was true. There's no way. Uh, Oklahoma had made the playoffs through the Big 12. And I thought they had, everybody's making pretty good money. But you take two brand names and you've moved into the SEC. Then you take USC and UCLA, and now they're in the Big Ten. It's hard to wrap my mind around that as, as, a, as a former coach who's, who's watched these games. And, and I really feel sorry for the Washington State and Oregon State. You know, it's almost like they're, they're, they're orphans in a sense of, you know, where, where are they going to go? So I, I feel like something's being lost right there. I, I, I know the direction that it's going now. It's pretty clear. Uh, it's superpowers. I mean, it's uh, – it's, <laughs> It's the best of the best, you know. That's what it to me looked like. It's like the top top forty teams, and everybody else, you're on your own. Uh, looks like that's where we're going. But I just feel like there's something lost, you know, with tradition. And when you hear teams that they even talk about Stanford and California maybe going to the ACC, I mean, come on, uh, going across the entire country to play a game and. Uh, trying to get back to go to class and all that. I, I, it's just hard for me to wrap my mind about all the things, as you say, uh, ever-changing. we got to stay tuned because it is for sure ever-changing. Houston Nutt here on the show. Coach, I'm really interested in your perspective on, on Colorado. Obviously, Deion Sanders comes in with a lot of fanfare. They've got a pretty interesting start to that era. They've got a, they play a good TCU team. We've had some reporters on the show, some folks who, who cover the sport from the outside looking in, who are skeptical of Colorado's ability to live up to expectations this year and are concerned there's not enough depth of talent on that team. We've certainly had other people on who think Colorado's going to be really good. What is a reasonable expectation for what Deion Sanders can do with that program this first season with so much attention that will be focused on it? You know, I had the privilege to speak to his team when he was a high school coach here in Texas, where I live. And then I had the privilege, he flew me out to uh, Jackson State and watched him build that into a championship. The one thing I'll say now, he, he, he can move young people. He can move them. And what I mean by that is he can take them where they can't go by themselves. And he gets it. He understands that part of it, the purpose of practice. Uh, the organization is coaches coach hard and all those things. Now, saying all that, what's tough for me, and that's why I can't wait to see the first game, is when you lose 70. I didn't say seven. 70. I don't know if it's 71, 72, 68, 69, but close to 70 players on a roster, and you start all over. Now, Colorado was bad. There's no question about it. But – you're going to go play a TCU that's that uh, that has depth. They have they have players and they've won. And so, to me, the expectation is you're trying to get this team to a bowl game. And I and I know Dion will probably have our higher expectations when he talks to his team. But to me, is when you've won one game or hadn't won too many games the last couple of years, you're just trying uh, 
to to take this program to a to the just one more level. And to me, you're 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 hoping for six. You're trying to get to that magic number six, uh, and that's going to be hard to do. It's going to be really hard to do. So, but if anybody can do it, to me, it's Dion Dion Sanders. I, I I just I've been around him. He's 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 electric, and uh, uh, players follow him. They they believe in him, and he he holds them accountable. I like that. I, when I've I've seen him practice his players at both places now, and he he makes them work, and he makes them. Uh, do the right thing and, and hand on the line and finish and all those things. So he's doing it the right way. It's just uh, now it's just the roster. I, it's hard for me because I've never coached in the NIL or transfer portal like this. This is what's unbelievable, this free agency. All right, Coach, last one for you. The old, Coach, the old prediction questions, which are always hard but, 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 but of interest to people listening. LSU Florida State's a good game this weekend, a couple top ten programs. Who do you uh, who do you favor? Who do you like? Who do you got? I like both these quarterbacks. I, I feel like I got to give the edge a little bit to Florida State, uh, but uh, I, I wish I knew exactly who was injured. You know, the the, the roster of the tailback and a couple of people, a defensive linemen, are, are they playing? There's a few. There's a few key players because Kendra Perkins. If, if I knew that LSU had everybody full tilt, I'd probably go LSU. I like Jaden Daniels, guys. I, I think that, that he can create so many things. Uh, but if he doesn't have his tailback, he doesn't need to get just beat up where he, you have to depend on his legs to run, and and that's what hurts. When you have a, a, a running back that you can depend on, that helps everything. And that, that way Jaden doesn't have to make a low. So with saying all that, I'll probably lean to Florida State. Uh, because I think they they probably have a little bit more guys that are healthy right now. Coach, I'm so glad the season is is back up and running. I love having you on the show. Appreciate the time, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking some football with us. You bet. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you, Houston Nut on on the program. I like that dude. I like that dude a lot. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on uh, on Tommy. The bosses are weighing in. People on Twitter are weighing in. We will update. His move, hopefully, to be officially at Pretty Daddy on Twitter. And we'll also do buy or sell coming up here on CBS Sports Radio. But first, this show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices like Tom has. And and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values, it's like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. You know, we all know, we've been through some unpredictable times over the past few years. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's just when you need it, ask for help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. It's easy to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash writer. It's my last name, R-E-I-T-E-R. Today, to get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash writer. Welcome back to Writer Than You. Let me ask you a question. Mike Trout's at the plate. There's an umpire. Strike three comes in. What happens if he goes, you're Trout, for real? (laughs) 
What happens? <laughs> what do you mean what happens? Do you think Mike Trout gets mad and he gets kicked out of the game? If he's like, he, gives him a, he stares him down. You're Trout. <laughs> he's so good, wouldn't it? On CBS Sports Radio. I mean, you don't want to love it, but you loved it. That's what I heard there. You couldn't have said that any better. No, I do not want to love this, but it's just hard not to. Do you feel the same way about Pretty Daddy as your moniker? Uh, no, I don't love it. I don't want to love it. And I don't want to change my Twitter handle. Uh, I wrote the boss, David Marinick, that I'm serious about you doing this, and you seem reluctant. I think the word I use is nonplussed. And he wrote, it's such a glorious nickname. And that sums it up. It's a glorious nickname, man. I'm not reluctant at all. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. That is reluctant. Well, isn't reluctant like I'm kind of like I got my toe in the water. I'm thinking about it. Or okay, do I fine. just not know you, the definition of reluctant? No, I think you're probably right. I, I thought, but you said 4.8%. That's not not doing it. That's 4. I'm just taking you at your at your word. Yeah, it's gone down. We're, we're below 1% now. I think it's a great idea. Uh, and people on Twitter, by the way, love it too. They're they're. Following at not pretty daddy, their best friend, like listeners are becoming best friends with each other. You're bringing people together, pretty daddy. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Like Tom? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Bro, I um, I was telling the people about Wesley Financial and if you want out, and you perked up out of a timeshare, not out of this situation with me. Sometimes I hear what I want to hear. You just, you perked, you were just... <gasps> Speaking being perked up, Bill, as we discussed yesterday, the Patriots waived quarterback Bailey Zappi but after our show finished yesterday, Zappi cleared waivers and signed with New England's practice squad. Now, according to NFL Network's Tom Palacero, quote, Zappi was in demand after clearing waivers with offers from seven other teams. But the former fourth round pick decided to return to New England, end quote. Bill, buy or sell your surprise Bailey Zappi did not take an offer from another team after he cleared waivers. I mean, I'll buy, actually, to a, to a slight degree. And I buy. think, in defense of you, Pretty Daddy, maybe this indicates that he doesn't think Mac Jones has a really strong hold on that job. Because one of the advantages, not many, but to, to Bailey Zappi when this happened, is he got freedom of mobility. He got the opportunity to, to, to go where he thought he would be best suited for his career to be successful. And even though I have properly, accurately, correctly, importantly pointed out that the Patriots' dumpster fire last year included the very novel concept of not having an offensive coordinator. They do have one this year. Bill O'Brien is a very impressive guy. I think this is a good job for him. So maybe all that combined and your guy, because you love you love the Zapster. Man, we were talking yesterday. I was bummed when he cleared waivers, but I perked right up. Now, to be fair, we don't know if these seven other offers that Tom Pelissero is reporting They could be seven other offers to other practice squads. We don't know that they were for active rosters, but man, was I bummed when I found out that he cleared waivers, that nobody wanted to take a flyer on him. I was happy to hear that there was interest from seven other teams. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. We don't know the details. The guy was uh, serviceably impressive. He was impressively serviceable, I should say. 
Ooh, well put there. Bill, let's stick with quarterbacks here. New CBS NFL analyst Matt Ryan thinks that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers is in for a big year this season, saying, quote, you get a hungry and energized Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to explode in New York this year, end quote. Now, Bill, Rodgers' career high for touchdown passes was 48 back in 2020. Buy or sell Aaron Rodgers will throw for at least 40 touchdowns this year. Wow. How many did he have a couple years ago? Didn't a couple years ago he had like just twenty six, right? Yes, but like his his interceptions was like was two. Yeah, yeah, very very small number. It's a really good question. Ah, uh, there's seventeen games. I'm gonna sell. I mean, I just my knee jerk reaction. Sell. Do you think he's gonna get? Let me ask you the question this way. Buy or sell, you think Aaron Rodgers will ever throw for 40 touchdowns in a year again? Buy. You do. I think he's going to be really good. I think that he's going to be statistically really good. That offensive line is not great. Here's nope. part of my thinking. Also, and this is some of this we gleaned from Hard Knocks, some of we just know. He is risk-adverse. And Packers fans, this is one of the, before they had a falling out, where this was the thing they really got on him for. He's risk-adverse, and he has largely receivers he has not worked with. He's going to be under a lot more duress because of that offensive line. So they're going to have to run the routes properly. I think there's a chance that he's going to have another, if he plays well, on like, like a 24-4 and four kind of season. Wow, nowhere near 40 touchdowns. I just, maybe you're right. And maybe the run game and Dalvin Cook is there as a part of that. Will, will will be really effective and important. Maybe maybe the line will be better. I, yeah, I just I think he's going to be really good. But I don't know, given his risk-adverse nature and some of the weaknesses. That 40 touchdowns is a lot. I think 32 or 34 would be a really good season. I don't think he's going to throw many picks. Bill, we got one week till the NFL season gets underway. But we do have college football tonight. Utah quarterback Cam Rising is unlikely to play tonight in the Utes' season opener against the Florida Gators. Now, Utah lost to Florida in Week 1 last season with Rising under center, but that game was in Gainesville, Florida. Number 14 Utah is a a 4.5-point favorite tonight at home. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell Utah beating Florida without their starting quarterback? I don't love betting on road dogs. And the key word there is unlikely, although Vegas is obviously... I mean, the easy answer is buy, because Vegas, it's four points. Buy. Can I hot take something for you? You know I love hot takes. Yes, absolutely. You can buy or sell your agreement. I hate Thursday night college football. Sell. I just, I'm not, I just don't. It feels I love weird it with no NFL. I'm into it. It's a great game tonight. I mean, Utah was game. supposed to beat Florida last year, and Florida upset them, even though it was in Gainesville. I just not not into it. Utah is almost like the Dallas Cowboys for me. I feel like they're supposed to be better than they are every year. They're in the mix, and when I say in the mix, they're always a top twenty, top fifteen team. They just can't take that next step. But I think they're going to win tonight, regardless. I I just. I will watch it. I am. I just. It feels. It's like eating. It's like eating 
dinner for breakfast. I just, I can't. Now, I can eat breakfast for dinner, by the way. Can I confess something to you that I don't think we've ever talked about on the show? It's a food take, so you're not going to like it for me. I don't like breakfast food. I'm not a breakfast food guy. Wow, that says so much about you. Like, I would eat lunch at 9 a.m. Like, I just, I'm not into it. Brunch. And especially eggs. Especially eggs. What? If eggs are not, like, steaming hot, they're the grossest thing on the planet. It's a bad, I don't know, I'm not sure. Eggs and bacon. I eat eggs. I'll eat three or four eggs every day when I play tennis. Like, that's a that's a go-to move. I love pancakes. Give me some French toast. Oh, man, breakfast burrito. Breakfast rancheros. It does nothing for bacon. me. Bacon. No. I love, maybe, and I'm just going on a limb here, maybe the reason that you don't speak to anyone and you're always grumpy and you're mad is because you're hungry and you don't know it because you don't eat breakfast. No, I don't eat breakfast, but I'll have Lunch food for breakfast. Like, I'll eat in the morning. It's just not breakfast food. What are you eating? What did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> so, uh, my wife very kindly packed me two cold-cut sandwiches. I had one of those for breakfast. She gave me two sandwiches for lunch. I ate one of them for breakfast. Like a ham sandwich? Yeah. It's turkey, but yeah, same idea. Turkey's, well, it's not a ham sandwich then. But it's the same idea. It's turkey and turkey cheese. Turkey sandwich. Turkey and cheese on a roll. Cheese on the train? No, when I got to the office this morning. I'm not into breakfast food, man. It does nothing for and me. And you don't drink coffee. I do not drink coffee. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I I got nothing for you. I, I You're entitled. That's weird. <laughs> Bill, let's get back to some college football here. The Houston Cougars are now officially a part of the Big 12 Conference this season, and their football coach, Dana Holgerson, is putting the blame on Texas A&M and Texas as to why it took his school so long to join the conference. Now, remember, the Aggies and the Longhorns were founding members of the Big 12. A&M left back in 2012, and Texas is leaving after this season. Holgerson said on his weekly radio show that he's glad Houston joined the conference with A&M long gone and Texas on their way out, saying, quote, they're the reasons we weren't in the Big 12. Those two schools are the specific reasons why we haven't been in the Big 12 the last 28 years Screw them. They can go wherever they want. They don't want us, and we don't want them. End quote. Bill, buy or sell you like Data Holgerson getting feisty. Buy. Buy. Yeah. I love it. And of course they wouldn't want him in the conference. You don't want to elevate, if you're in Texas, another Texas school to a level of a stature that allows them, even in a small degree, to compete from a recruiting perspective. I mean, that, 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 I understand his feistiness, and I like it. That also tracks in a pretty serious way. All right, Bill, let's get to some baseball here. Tampa Bay Rays all-star Wander Franco is facing a second formal complaint for having an inappropriate relationship with a minor, according to ESPN. Now, a special prosecutor in the Dominican Republic has been investigating two prior claims against Franco, one of which has been made by a victim who was willing to speak to authorities. Wow. Buy or sell, there's anything that leads you to believe that Wander Franco will play in Major League Baseball again? Sell. Sell. If the allegations are accurate, if they're true, if there are people willing to speak to the authorities, if it's a pattern, this guy should never come near Major League Baseball again. 
All right, Bill, let's stay in baseball here. Former MVP and Phillies All-Star Bryce Harper hit his 300th career home run yesterday in Philadelphia's 10-8 loss to the Angels. Yes, the Angels won a baseball game. Harper is the 158th player to reach the 300 home run club. Harper also turns 31 in about two months. Buy or sell, it's a lock that Bryce Harper will hit 500 career home runs. I mean, come on now. You're giving me a, it's a lock? He's one of the top sluggers in baseball. And do you remember somebody, I don't know who it was, was getting on him about not doing a rehab assignment when he came back from Tommy John surgery this season? Like, who would ever say that? I, yeah, but that one, there's a lot of things that push Bogus over the edge, but that one might have taken the cake, to be honest. You've had a lot, look, I'm just, can I, I'm trying to be nice to you because you're so sensitive, but can I just be honest? You brought. You have a lot of bad takes, man. What do you mean bad takes? I don't, I don't, Joe Burrow's gonna hold out. Yeah, he should. He deserves to get paid, and he should have been paid months ago. As soon as he was eligible for a contract, the Bengals should have had everything ready to go. Like this was so, not a surprise. I forgot. By the way, Bryce Harper has trouble staying healthy, so he needs 150 more home runs. He's 31. Is that where? That, that's the math. Yes, he turns 31 in October. So he has only hit more than 20 one time since 2019. So let's say let's say four more effective years, 35 homers a year. If it's five effective years, he's not getting there. Yeah, sell. So I'm trying to think of a way that he can so. get there. I mean, why would you put a lock in there? I mean. Because he was supposed to be the next Babe Ruth when he came into the league. Like, he's won two MVPs. But he's also, it feels like he has not lived up to expectations, whether they were fair or unfair. Like, the dude's had, I think, what, two two seasons of uh, 100 RBIs? Maybe three? But, like, he's a, he's a really, really good player. I think maybe the problem was our expectations for him were unfair. I mean, he just hasn't stayed healthy is is some of it, right? You're right. Only two seasons he's driven in 100, 100 runs. Like, that's crazy. That's wild. All right, buy or sell, he is a lock for the Hall of Fame. Buy. Yeah. I think the Hall of Fame has too many people. Plus, the standards are the standards are that's, changing now. That's what I'm, That's the issue. He's also won, he won two MVPs and a Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah, he's got the hardware. Yeah, he's got the hardware. All right, Bill, let's get to one last one here. Nebraska Volleyball set a world record for women's sports attendance yesterday. I I love this story. As 92,003, can't forget those three fans, watched the Cornhuskers beat Omaha. The match was played at Memorial Stadium, home of Nebraska's football team, and the previous world record for women's sports attendance was 91,648, set in April of last year in Barcelona, Spain, for a Champions League match between FC Barcelona and Wolfsburg. Really? Bill, buy or sell, it was cool to see a turnout like that for a women's doubleheader volleyball match. Um, I already sort of ruined this because I said it was cool. The, the question <laughs> is, is it cool? In what scenario would I sell this? Where you don't care about volleyball, so who cares? I mean, do you think 92,000 people really care about Nebraska women's volleyball? I mean, they were at it. Yeah, that doesn't mean they care. You never got to a sporting event that you didn't care about? That's not the question you asked me. You want to ask me that question? Ask me that question. You asked me, 
You think it's cool? I mean, yeah, it's a world record. Bye. What, what am I going to say to that? You could say, like, no, it's not cool. 92,000 people don't care about Nebraska women's volleyball. All right, this is, let me just, can I, I'm going to redo it. I'm going to redo the question, okay? I'm me, I'm you, you're me. You ready? Hey, what's up, uh, Tom? Nebraska volleyball set a world record yesterday for women's sports attendance yesterday. 92,003. That's how many people watch the Cornhuskers do their their thing in the volleyball court in, uh, the Beatle Mom. Bad at reading this. The match was played at Memorial Stadium. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, buy or sell if you, like, lived in the area and you were free, you would have gone to this thing. Sell. There you go. It's cool. Yeah, sure, it's cool. I'm not going to take away their joy. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can about? say you can sell it. You don't care and you don't think all those people in attendance cared. They were, oh, going specifically, they were going to specifically set a world record. Which is also which is also cool. I mean, you're, we're going to forget about this in a matter of days. That's not the question you asked me. If you said buy or sell, remember this in seven days, I might have sold that. You don't think it's... it's by definition, cool to set a record for the for the Guinness World Book of Records. Buy or sell, it's cool to see this turnout. You can sell that and say, no, it's not cool to see that because cool. nobody cares about this in the long run. Then why is it in the show? If it's not cool, why is it in the show? Because it's in the news. Why? Because it's interesting and newsworthy, which makes it cool. That's cool, man. That's cool, man, doesn't mean that's the greatest thing I've ever seen, and I will hold on to this memory for the rest of my life. I mean, that's interesting. Also, just because it, it seems like I'm leading you with some of my questions, some of the time I seems. feel the complete opposite about the question than the way that I word it to you. I promise you that I'm not trying to riddle your perspective as I <laughs> What does Tom want? <laughs> it's a dangerous place to be. I don't know what. I mean, what am I going to say? Who of can course it's cool. Who can sell that? It Do you think it's... A- it doesn't do you want to sell this? Yes, I do sell it because 92,000 people do not care about Nebraska women's. That's volleyball. not the question. Yes, it the que- is. Is yes, it cool? Is. is not directly correlated to do every one of the 92,003 individuals yes, care it about is. it? Yes, it, it if one correlate. person went to that volleyball game that didn't care about the game, it's no longer a cool event for the other 92,002 people yes, or me? Yes, because they were specifically going to set a world record. They didn't care what that, was actually at the stadium. What you're saying doesn't make sense. If a single person goes to an event, it's, so when my wife goes to a Super Bowl someday and she doesn't care about it, the event's no longer cool because one person there doesn't like it. Yes, because, well, first off, this is different than a Super Bowl because this is a complete one-off. The Super Bowl happens You're every saying year. that one person not liking this event makes it not cool. I'm saying that 92,000 people do not care about women's Nebraska volleyball and that their mission was to break a world record not to support the women's volleyball team. That's what I'm saying. By the way, I don't think Barcelona played Wolfsburg in the Champions League last year. Yeah, and women's. Well, the women's got it. Oh, I see. Women's sports tennis record. Got it. I'm sure there are people at that Barca match at Camp No who didn't care. Does that mean the event didn't matter? <laughs> Maybe. No, it Maybe. doesn't mean that. It would never mean that. My God. All right. Why is Tom going to the shore a day early? <laughs> Get away from these conversations, apparently. We're going to talk about Tom's vacation. Wow. A record for frustration. After we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. 
Driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal, and law enforcement officers can tell if you're driving high. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. By the way, it's not just you. They're coming at all of us. Well, let's go after you first. Bella B., also an avid Jim Rome listener, tweets, Is it just me, or do you think of this when at DCLCBS pronounces the Bengals? How do you say that team name? We've been through this already. The Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. And there's a gif of um, the singer from the 80s band that is phonetically named the way that you speak of that word. But Hack Hardinger tweets at me. This isn't very nice. Hi, Bill. Great show, dude. So this is a good start, right? Hi, Bill. Great show, dude. However, what is up with the long pauses? This is radio. Wake up, jackass. So here's (laughs) the thing. Heck. <laughs> I, I, the, the irony is I talk too fast. I have to try to... So I get excited and talk fast. My voice goes up like that, right? But Hack also followed me on Twitter. So I, sports, sports, I can't tell if it's sarcasm or he's actually upset. Maybe I... Do you know who actually did once tell me that I should take... Can I name drop someone from a different radio place? Or yeah, why not? Pro- no, go for it. Don't, you know, you should listen to CBS Sports Radio. But, but uh, Colin Coward once took me out for coffee and said, long pauses are, are, are dramatic and, and powerful. But I'm not, I don't do them enough. So, luckily, Hack, I'm not taking the advice that I was given. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you're, you're, um, I was saying this in the break, but nothing is secret from the audience. You, as we've discussed, you cannot hide your feelings, right? You cannot... You look like you need a break from me. Like it's like it couldn't come fast enough. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I'm just going about my business, doing the show, going on my Joe Burrow rant that you hated. It was um, bad. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good radio. It's a bad take. Um, yes, I am. I have a four day weekend. I will not be here on Monday. You won't be here on Monday. Last time to the shore for the summer. You guys are going to the shore. Is there like a um? What do you call those things? Those walls that that like breakers that, or is it more of a beach that goes down, or is it like a wall with a staircase? I don't know what you're talking about whatsoever. What is when you get to the ocean? Is it all just sand like it is in L.A., or are there like walls that are breakers and you have to go down a staircase to get down to like some of the water? So where we go on the Jersey Shore, Long Beach Island, it is just sand as soon as you get to the beach. No walls. And does the little dude named after me, uh, William Joseph DeCelestino, does he like the sand yet? Is he into the ocean or is he still just sort of chilling? Our last time at the beach for July 4th was the longest he lasted on the sand at the beach. Over two hours, he ate some sand, he threw some sand, he got some sand in his eyes. But I think he's comfortable now on the beach itself. He is absolutely terrified of the ocean. You've been nominated, and I've, I have nothing to do with this. You've been nominated twice in the last 16 minutes on Twitter for Bum of the Week. By Can two I different say people. something for tomorrow when I won't be here to defend myself? Yes. If, he, if I win tomorrow, talk to me. That'll be two weeks straight, yeah. and that will be four times for the year, and we're, all, we're eight months through the year. We got a long way to go. Don't try to influence the jury. Yes. You can't have me win when I'm not here to defend myself. Yeah, I can. That guy tweets, Pretty Daddy is the bum of the week for not liking breakfast, which I was just going to dismiss. 
But then Ducky Hines just tweeted, I'm nominating Rom-Com Tom at T-Cell CBS early for Bum of the Week. How do you bah humbug a world record celebrating hardworking young ladies in college two weeks in a row for old Tommy Muscles shaking my head? So what are we up to for nominations in terms of we got like seven different reasons that I'm nominated? Six? So there's a, there's a handful of reasons. I mean, I also like that, that some of the listeners know, like, you've had Rom-Com Tom, you've had Tommy Muscles. We had a... When was National Nickname Day? Was that last year we did that? Oh, Where man, you ranked I, your I, nicknames? I think it's coming up again. Well, I'll put it on my calendar. I think it's in September. I think you're right. But We've I, been working together for a long time. Man. You know what? Nobody wants to say it, and I'll be the one to say it. Breakfast food is overrated. That is the worst. T- you're going to get on cereal me. Cereal is terrible. I, I, I don't eat cereal. It's terrible. You're going to get on me for not liking peanut butter and jelly. And you, you just miss all breakfast foods. More people agree with me about peanut butter and jelly and breakfast food than with you. No, people hear that debate and say you're both idiots. That's what happens. I might have to put up a poll on my on my at Pretty Daddy Ooh. X account. It's a Wednesday nickname day. One less than a month from now, we're gonna yeah. Oh man, do the rankings. Happy Nick, put in the old calendar, pal. I officially just took that day off. So, how many times a month do you have breakfast food? No, I don't. I stopped having breakfast food. I do not eat unless you consider a granola bar breakfast food. I do not eat breakfast food. Breakfast adjacent. I do not go out to breakfast. I have to make sure it's a place that does brunch so I can get lunch food. You're the worst. I mean, you're the best. (laughs) By the way, that's the other thing. Like, no wonder you don't like New York. New York, among many things, is the brunch capital of the world. But the brunch is largely the breakfast part of the the brunch, not the unch part. (laughs) I I, I do the unch part. The bruh part. Breakfast food is so overrated. Like pancakes and French Love toast. Pancakes. You gotta put oh. syrup, syrup yeah. everywhere and stick. Like, no, no. Are it's... you, what are you, three? No, it doesn't. <laughs> you put the syrup on the food, you use the thing. Do you eat with your fingers? Have you not discovered silverware? What do you mean syrup? Gets... How old are you, bro? Uh, I'll be what do you mean? Hold on. What do you mean syrup gets everywhere? It's messy. Syrup is messy. Do they not bring it to you in a bottle with a, you turn it upside down, you, you can control. Is it dropping from the ceiling in Jersey? What are you talking about? Syrup is messy, and you know what I mean. Everything is messy if you don't have a, a plate and a serving. What are you talking about, man? You won't. You're so stubborn. You once got syrup on your fingers, and you're like, "It's syrup's fault, not my fault." I'm never eating breakfast food again. Well, you are. You're, <laughs> dude. You're a psycho, man. You're. You know what? Bum of the week. Syrup, writing it down. You might win. You want to defend yourself calling it. All right, I'm Bill Ryder. Oh, my God. All right, have a good rest of your day. We'll see you back. This guy, we'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.